With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome in on a Wednesday. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Trent Condon and myself, Ken Miller, with you for the next couple of hours talking sports and appreciate you spending some of your morning here uh, with us. On the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, uh, well, we've got a a major championship starting tomorrow, Trent. We've uh, reached that portion of the golf schedule not a whack like everything else, right? <laughs> yes, We're going to yes. start with the major that usually wraps it up. The PGA uh, starts tomorrow. Matt Rudy's our go-to guy when it comes to golf. Matt Rudy, Rudy writer on Twitter. He writes for Golf Digest, senior editor over there. Uh, does a lot of video work with the, the pros and the teaching pros. Uh, Rudy writer Matt Rudy will join us at 1025. Mitch Holtis in his normal spot at 1050. The voice of the Kansas City Chiefs joins us every single day during training camp. And then he'll do so weekly during the regular season. Today he's going to talk to the Honey Badger. Mm. Uh, so we'll have some uh, Honey Badger conversation coming up at 10.50 with Mitch. It's Wednesday. That means Cappy's with us. Centurion Stone of Iowa makes it possible. 11.05, the Cap Man. Uh, who survived some cuts. Did you see that at NBC, SN? Yeah. Well, all of them across the country, not just Chicago. I don't know how many there are. I know in the Bay Area there was a ton of layoffs, likewise in Chicago. Um, but it's it all goes back to that um, the parent company, right? We learned on Monday um, that NBC Sports talks uh, Rob Doster walked the plank and a whole bunch of writers over there, and it, uh, it went to the TV side of things yesterday. So uh, it's not a good time to be uh, under that umbrella, and uh, Cappy survives. We will talk to him at 11.05 as to what their plans are going to be pursuant to television, but more so on baseball, both Cubs and White Sox uh, at 11.05. And then John Shipley, we're going to head north to the Twin Cities a lot of ground to cover up there. The Wild, uh, they lost one, took one on the chin. Made it close at the end of the hockey game. I didn't see it. <laughs> but they made it close. Obviously, the Twins, they uh, don't have a lot of close games. They're off to an unbelievable start. The Vikings are about to start training camp. So a lot of Minnesota sports topics. And John Shipley will join us. We've got a schedule to go over in the Big Ten. Pretty good day of sports, Trent Condon. It was. It was uh, got started early. It was all afternoon long. And it's just... Such a change, and it's too much at times. It just the you. Yeah, what do you really. want to watch? What's important? Yeah, I had been more zero on the to NBA. sixty, and right. right, we saw the biggest NBA upset in. So the Nets twenty five years. So well, how how big of a dog were the Nets? 
depending on where you looked, anywhere yeah. between 15 and a half and 18 and a half. Jeez. I uh, saw some money lines that went the way. I uh, saw Chris Andrews out at the South Point. Yeah. They took a clubbing, a couple Did of they? different ones. Yes, Sonny Vaccaro had that. That they took, a, I think, an $800 bet on the money line. Mm. And. It was like a ten thousand dollar payoff. Oh it was something That's like why that. Bookshake to take those bets. Oh, I mean, it's just it's just crazy. But mm-hmm. in a game like that, with guys on the nets, just never heard of. Oh, yeah. I mean, where did he go to school? Where right. did he come from? Right. Have absolutely no clue. And they go out there and beat a team. The Bucks were not only the best team in the NBA mm-hmm. record wise, but their point differential was through the roof. It was historic. The level that they played at. Now we're talking about a bubble, and this is mm-hmm. completely different. And. Is this going to lead to these NBA playoffs just being as wild and wacky as well? It's going to be the I Lakers, hope so in one respect. the Clippers, or the Bucks. You know, there's three teams that really could win this thing. Where you extend that number out to eight, you don't put the Raptors teams. in the conversation to win the whole thing before this. If you, if you would ask me, March, no. Mm-hmm. Could they get there? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I couldn't see them beating the Lakers or the Clippers yeah, in a seven game series. Right. Now. Who knows? Yeah, This thing has been absolutely wild. I'm inc- incredibly intrigued. I'm not a huge NBA fan, certainly during the regular season, mm-hmm. but this thing has me... <laughs> my favorite thing, uh, the Suns, Devin Booker hit the shot of the game winner yesterday. And you know the surrender Cobra, what that is. That's the term for... People in the stands that put their hands over their heads oh, like this, just so, yeah. aghast. Right. The Michigan-Michigan Michigan, Michigan State Michigan, game. Yeah, like yeah, Bill the, Bender, right. Yes, that, right. that's the most famous one, mm-hmm. and it's continued from there. And there's a cutaway of the people that are watching in Zoom, and you can see them in the background. And there's four or five of them with the Surrender Cobra. Just can't believe <laughs> what funny. they just saw. And uh, it extends there even for people not actually in the stands, but watching from their computer at mm. home. Uh, any, I mean, what, what's the what's the effect of that game standings wise? What did that do to the Bucks? And, and I still don't know. <laughs> That's yeah. the other part. It's just I don't know. I, I, I'm not into it. I'll be into when the playoffs get here. But yeah. we've got playoffs in hockey, and I'm into that. And yes, obviously I have been the baseball. Too. A lot of hockey, a lot more hockey than I anticipated at this I, point. I'm into it. The Wild being in help. Mm-hmm. Yep. I still consider myself a North Stars fan. I, I still hate. That that name was taken yeah, with him to it was, Dallas. It was a classic. You're right. It doesn't belong down there. You see me wear my North Stars hat I quite do. often. It's a great logo, Trent. Great colors. Great logo. It used to be a good. It was a fun building. Mm-hmm. So I, my I, first I, ever hockey game. Did you? Yeah. Uh, it was. It was a fun building. Uh, but um, glad that hockey's back. Mm-hmm. It's been fun to watch. Even with your team getting clubbed. Yeah, yesterday. Yeah. You know what? I knew they were going to get spanked yesterday. I mean, come on. No Shifley. No line. A good luck. Uh, anyways, uh, we move on. We've got a schedule to get to. You've mm-hmm. got the guest list. We're going to be all over the place. Golf, NFL, uh, MLB, and, of course, a lot of Minnesota sports with John Shipley. We've got keywords coming up here as well. So uh, the Big Ten was kind of a, not a jolt, but a pleasant surprise while you're drinking your morning coffee and perhaps on Twitter as I was at the time when the announcement was made that, uh, well, coming up in a half hour, we're going to release the schedule. Uh, 7.30 in the morning central time, kind of an odd time to do so, but they're going to get a whole day of coverage out of it. So I, I guess I do understand them capturing uh, the attention of the, certainly of the Big Ten footprint for that. Right right off the bat, uh, when you saw, what was the first thing that uh, jumped off the page to you? Was it Iowa-related or conference-wise related? It, it was Iowa-related for me. That's where my eyes first went and to see was the schedule basically staying the same with one additional game. And that was the case, as it will be the crossovers with Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State for Iowa. Mm-hmm. Plus, you throw in the game to open up the season with Maryland. So that was where I went first. And then the way that the schedule sets up. So we knew that they had the back-to-back-to-back with Michigan State and then the road trips to Penn State and Ohio mm-hmm. State. 
that's changed a little bit, but now the way the Hawkeyes are set up at the end of the season, you get every divisional game except for the Wisconsin game at the end of the year. Wisconsin, their crossovers are incredibly easy. They get an additional game against Rutgers along with the only difficult crossover they had was the Michigan game, which you can argue the merits of how difficult that Michigan game will be for them. And then the second last week of the season, that's where Iowa gets the Wisconsin matchup. So the way it sets up there, then you finish up with Ohio State. And as our program director, Andrew Down said, boy, it'll be interesting to see that rematch in the Big Ten title game, Iowa-Ohio State. They play one week, and then they'll play a couple weeks later in that title tilt. Wishful thinking. Ah, boy, with this Iowa schedule, yeah. that Wisconsin... Look, I was going to be good, Trent. I was going to be good. But good might curtail 5-5. Five and five. I know. I'm with you. And if you don't get off to a good start this year, they play Maryland Week 1 at mm-hmm. home. Must win. Mm-hmm. Because after that, you go on the road to Purdue, who has been a difficult out for Iowa, even when they won last year. It was a difficult game. Then you go to Minnesota the week after that. You lose two road games. You're looking at 1-2 and two mm. before the meat of your schedule even comes. You have to get off to a good start and a minimum you have to split those two games. I think even to get to five and five. I think this is a talented team, but the schedule is a bear for the Hawkeyes this year. Yeah, but certainly when you line it up against Wisconsin, no, no doubt about that. Uh, there's no football game scheduled on Thanksgiving weekend in mm-hmm. the Big Ten, which uh, was a surprise. Maybe that's they're just holding that in abeyance if they have to uh, make up a game. That would make some sense. That jumped off the page to me. Obviously, Michigan, Ohio State, a staple, the final week of the regular season. Now that's the final week of October this year. Uh, going to start with a crossover they're going to end with a crossover all in all it's just great to see a little bit of clarity yeah uh, i think we can kind of it, it feels like we took another now there's a whole lot of steps to take forward don't yeah, get me wrong true. but it feels like we started down that path when they gave us a schedule because up until kind of this morning not that you don't want to allow yourself to get excited about the season. That's not the case. Uh, but th- we got a little bit more clarity here today uh, w- with what uh, lies ahead. Uh, and it's daunting, as, as you mentioned. I mean, it's it's daunting. Could we see Ohio State-Iowa back-to-back weeks? I guess we could. We could. But Wisconsin, likely. Trent, it yeah. just sets up so well for the Badgers, man. It just sets up so well for them. I think they're going to cruise into at minimum 7-3, and 8-2 and two type of season. I just, it's hard to envision a scenario where Iowa certainly is better than 7-3. and three. Is that 7-3, and three, of course, it's not best case scenario. Best case scenario is 10-0. Mm-hmm. I get that. But realistically, is 7-3... and three, how good of a season does that have to be considered? Well, Trent, to get to that point, I almost think you have to start five and zero, oh, six and zero, oh, don't yeah, you? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I think you have to be. You you have to be unbeaten going into your first of two buys, and that would be Maryland, Purdue, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern, Illinois. I mean, there's Minnesota got. They still got the. I, I don't know if he's the best quarterback in the conference. Ohio State fans would argue, but Tanner mm-hmm. Morgan's a hell of a player. Right. Yes. Uh, he's a hell of a player. So. If you're six and zero, then you get a bye. Then you have Penn State and Michigan State. You split those two. Wisconsin and Ohio State. Yes, one and three. Seven and three. I agree with you. I think seven and three to me, as I look at it, I think that's the that's the best you can be. Almost, it, it feels that way. Now we'll see what Tanner Morgan looks like this year. Of course, no Tyler Johnson. No, I know. Moved on. Lose a couple of, and now Rashawn Bateman yep. and his decision to sit out this year. Yep. Ohio or Penn State, excuse me. Micah Parsons. Yeah, he's this morning. Is it official yet? 
It's going to be. It's, it's going, going to, to be. Yes, right. it, that's what it appears to be. Another guy that'll be. Well, he's a top ten pick. Yes, yeah, and and that's so is, where so is Bateman. Yeah, so those two guys being off, it's certainly a help. You still mm-hmm. have to go out there to Penn State, and you yeah. have to win a game. And, and Iowa has had so many close games recently with the Nittany Lions, but haven't been able to get over that hump after yeah. owning the Nittany Lions for basically fifteen years. It's flipped back the other way, and all those close games that went Iowa's way, they've been going Penn State's way. Yeah, can you? find a path to eight and two i think you can but then like you said with wisconsin where are the losses on that badger schedule i mean if if iowa even finds a way to beat wisconsin Mm -hmm. outside of the michigan game where else i just i don't see it even minus jonathan taylor i think this wisconsin team is going to be good this year Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i was good enough to win the west because of the schedule so if we both agree that six and six is or six and six six and oh is achievable and it clearly is Mm -hmm. To get to that eight and two, they'd have to split the final four, and that's at Penn State, home to Michigan State. Well, that they'll beat Sparty. Yeah, Michigan State's not going right. to be good. And then it's going to come down to you have to beat either Wisconsin at home or in Columbus. I mean, obviously, of the two, mm-hmm. Wisconsin is is the. Well, it's more likely. Yeah, Wisconsin's a nice team. Ohio State is. Right, they're they're, they're they're a different level. level. I mean, it's the same conversation we have. Mm -hmm. Oh, that big divide between the East and West. That's really not. It's It's Ohio Ohio State. State. Right. I mean, they're the difference Uh in this this, uh, league. You can put them in the West, suddenly the West becomes the great division in in the league. It's as simple as that. Ohio State, they play on a different level than everybody else, Uh and it's not close. What they have done on the national perspective and, and what they are inside of the conference, they are at a different level. Yeah, the Wisconsin game, plus it's at home, and we'll see. Yeah, at that point in November, will there be fans allowed in? What will capacity be? Mm. A note from today, Iowa has not determined uh, what they're going to allow for home games in terms of how many people will be allowed in the building. You know, we go back to what Jamie Pollard said at Iowa State. 30, yep. 30,000 half attendance. Iowa sold basically 40,000 season tickets. Mm-hmm. Is that likely at this no. point? I, I don't think you can buy that. I mean, nope. over, under... Zero. Th- <laughs> you put it at zero. Will there be any fans in attendance know. against Maryland? Um, when Maryland comes to town September 5th, will anybody be allowed in? Will it be a select number of students, a 1,000 students and... A thousand quote unquote family members is that yeah, it? Yeah, I, I could see that happening. I, yeah, I the people s- in the suites, you're allowed in too. Right. Well, that that won't go over well. well if it's the elites, you know what? The elites pay for the program. I guess you let people in. You're going to let. Tell you what, it's not going to be uh, me sitting on the ten yard line that's going to be allowed in. No, it's going to be, be the people in the fifties. It's yeah. going to be the people, and they'll be the ones that'll be able to spread out. Yeah. Uh, let me take a look. Let's take a look at Nebraska real quick here. All right. Um, at Rutgers, K okay, win home to Illinois. That's two and zero. Oh. Then whoa, whoa, whoa! You don't think you think that you, 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 you're aware that Adrian Martinez is I, the I, quarterback I in Nebraska, awful. right? Yes, I saw him last year. He was a terrible, terrible quarterback. Uh, all right, so you've got him one and one. I've got him two and zero. Oh. Uh, then here comes Wisconsin. L L at Iowa. L L at Ohio State. L I've got two wins. You've got one. Uh, bye week at Northwestern. Are they going to beat the bye? <laughs> uh, at Northwestern. Well, they won't have the same advantage when they, they send 30,000 fans over there to Ryan Field. The Northwestern's going to be bad. Are they? Phil Steele likes Northwestern in a bounce back year this Does year. he? Is that what he, he says? Yeah. Uh, they'll beat Northwestern. Okay. 
So I've got them at three. You've are you still I got you, it too. All right, you've got them. You've got them at. You've, They'll split with second. the Illinois schools. Okay, uh, at Penn State loss, at Purdue loss, home to Michigan State to end the season. So that maybe gets them to four wins. Four and six, best case scenario. You've got them three and seven. Three and I've seven. got them four and six. Get excited. They're still saying over there they they expect a full stadium. I saw that I saw the release this morning that they're they're going to talk about it. They're mm-hmm. they're going to make their decision. But as of yesterday, Moose was saying, "Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a, a memorial stadium's gonna be. There's not gonna be an empty seat. So they're going to readdress, uh, readdress that. Does it? Well, I guess the answer is yes, right? Do the governors of of Iowa and Nebraska, who've been, you know, certainly on the side of opening things up, opening things yep. up. I, I trust our, I trust our citizens. I trust the people of Iowa. I trust the people of Nebraska. Maybe does that lead to more fans in the stands in those two buildings? I could see that. I could see it certainly being more people here than Illinois, Northwestern, mm-hmm. Wisconsin, Minnesota, yeah, for sure. I, I could see these two states, Iowa and Nebraska, we're talking about here, mm-hmm. certainly having even closer to that fifty percent capacity. Than you see in those other states around there, and and does Commissioner Warren does he hand down? We have to have an even playing. Well, field. see, I think that's the way to do it, Trent. I do. We talked and about I this with the Major N- League Baseball and the NFL as yeah, well. Yeah, where competitive advantage. If if some if some schools can't have anybody, and some mm-hmm. can have well, Nebraska's case. Come mm-hmm. one, come all. Yeah, you want to watch football? Make your way to Nebraska. Well, and think about Iowa and how close the proximity to the field. Do you want well, fans great, breathing great down? Point. Down the neck of the opposing team, sitting back there behind. Well, they're going to think not. No, they're going to no, no, no. The answer is no. I mean, the first ten rows are off That's limits. That's a great point about the way Kinnick is set up. That's a great point. You know, Nebraska is different because they got that you know weird fence that's that's mm-hmm. around there. But you can it's still a fun walk. Stadium, though. It, it is, is and you can stadium. still walk around before the game just down there on the field. You're not actually on the field, but on the level of the field, you can do that before the game. It's Interesting configurations all over the place, how that's set up, and yeah, does Warren make that determination? But I, I am so happy to see this because, Ken, I brought this up to you now, I think, a half dozen times. I, I'm struggling to wrap my mind around the SEC, late September, yeah. the Pac-12, late September. Mm-hmm. You want to give yourself flexibility. You want to give yourself outs here to get these games in, and pushing it back does not give yourself nope. the ability to do that. I believe the Big Ten, if you're going to play, and ultimately that's what all these conferences want to do, if you're going to do it, start it as early as possible. I think the Big 12 has it right, talking about playing Week Zero, Mm -hmm. and I think the Big Ten did it right with Labor Day weekend. This is the way. If you want to get that full complement, 10, 11 games, no matter what it is that you're looking to get into, starting earlier makes a whole lot more sense than starting late. I agree, Trent. Uh, the way they've uh, scheduled the bye week for a lot of the teams uh, in the Big Ten West on the, the the 17th of October, there's mm-hmm. a chance to you know, to maybe make up a game there if you have to postpone one. And, and like, as we said at the beginning, there's no games on Thanksgiving weekend. Right. None. Nothing on Black Friday. Everything's on Saturday for now, with the exception of uh, week number week number one. Right? We will get a couple of games: one on Thursday, one on Friday. Ohio State is traveling to uh, take on Illinois, and uh, then uh, the very next night, Indiana, Wisconsin. So Labor Day weekend's going to start on Thursday. If you're a college football fan. Uh, with a complete blowout, <laughs> Ohio State over Illinois and Indiana, Wisconsin the next night. So we'll get a chance to see uh, three teams that are on Iowa's schedule. A trophy game. Can right you, off the bat. Can you name the trophy I cannot. game? It's the Illini Buck. It's a turtle. Okay. I don't know the justification behind it, but I just remember it's one of the oddest trophy games 
that you're going to find. Does it reside in Columbus now? I I would guess that it is. Would they bother bringing it to Champaign? Well, you never know. Juice Williams and company got it done a decade ago. ago. (laughs) That's a long time ago. As they made the run at 9-3 and to the Rose Bowl, Illinois did. That's amazing to think that that happened. They played over the last two decades in a Sugar Bowl and a Rose Bowl. I know. In two seasons, Kirk Kittner, the quarterback for that Sugar Kirk Bowl team, as they tied Michigan him. and went ten and one mm. in that season very quickly. Oh, who was the coach of that team? Boy, I don't know. I don't uh, know. he was the old Bears offensive coordinator. I can't think of it offhand, but yeah, made a run to the Sugar Bowl, made a road to, run to the Rose Bowl, and other than that, a lot of bad football from mm-hmm. Illinois. Mm-hmm. Well, we've got a football schedule. We're pumped up about yes. that. Real quick on baseball, Matt Rudy coming up here in about oh, five, five, seven, eight minutes somewhere around there. Uh, we talked about yesterday the Pac-12 and the players are making their determination, yes. uh, trying to. Bring about change. Today, the Big Ten has got together more than 1,000 Big Ten football players calling on the conference and the NCAA to devise a comprehensive plan to ensure the safety and well-being of players leading up and during the upcoming fall season. This comes from the Players' Tribune. Over 1,000 players Mm -hmm. getting together for this and, and Kevin Warren's been really proactive. Yeah. He's been uh, he's been in touch with uh, as many of them as he possibly could mm-hmm. uh, prior to the schedule coming out. So um, any determination? What are, what are they asking for? Is there any demands or anything? I haven't seen anything like that. The tweet just came across from the Players Tribune, so chance to dig into this a little bit more during the break and see what it all entails. But no surprise, players, as you've said, yeah. four months now. This is the most power in college athletics that they have ever had. Mm-hmm. You saw Northwestern try to go the union route four yeah. years ago. It didn't work out. It didn't lead to what they were hoping for here. The power is with the players. The Pac-12 is trying to flex their muscle and their players. Now the Big Ten doing their same. And the Big Ten, hate to say it, they have a lot more power than the Big 12, though. Or the Pac-12, Yeah, excuse me. for sure. The, the, the Big Ten, it's institutions that are looked upon highly. Mm-hmm. It's institutions that believe that there is more than just athletics and the athletic experience is important to what their mission is overall as a university and those 14 universities together. But this one, and maybe it's also proximity, but it just strikes me as maybe a little bit more important. We also heard you know, the Pac-12. That's Larry Scott. We yeah, probably he, stop right there. And he's a pretty easy mark to go after. But the Big Ten here, you would expect something to actually come out of this. I'm not so sure that's the case with the Pac-12. Uh, we will do this. Let's uh, try and help somebody put some money in your pocket. Cakes and Owen Iheart want to help you with your bills. Text the keyword money to 200-200 right now. It's your chance to win $1,000. That's money to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and phone. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Matt Rudy, Trent, and I will talk PGA. The first major championship of the year begins tomorrow. We'll preview that. Mitch Holtis at 10 minutes. Minutes before the hour of 11. Cappy is here. It's Wednesday. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors that. When will we see Craig Kimbrell again? <laughs> Soon. You think? Well, they keep throwing him out there. But you know what? I, when when they did it last night with the three-run three lead, lead, safe yeah. situation, I thought, you know what, Rossi, that's a good spot to try mm-hmm. and boost his confidence. Because I posed the question to you yesterday, if it's a one-run lead, no. who do you turn to? Not him. Three-run lead, I agree. And it was awful from the start. It really was. Uh, yeah. Was it the first pitch that was driven into right yeah. field? First or second, anyways. I didn't have a lot of opportunities. Good for David Ross with a very quick hook. We'll see what uh, what Cappy thinks about that coming up at 11.05. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106. You submit your pitch. 
Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 1030. Working on Matt Rudy Golf Digest, preview the PGA. It's late, Trent. It's uh, television time goes right until 9 o'clock Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, scheduled to wrap up on Sunday, I want to say uh, 8 o'clock is when they go off the air on CBS. So golf into the early evening hours. ESPN has the first two rounds. Uh, ESPN has and CBS have the uh, Saturday and Sunday coverage. Uh, we'll see. It's different. Uh, going to be uh, fun to watch if you're a fan of golf. Maybe you only tune in four times a year to watch the uh, uh, to watch the majors. Different this year. We, we shall see. All right, baseball. Uh, from uh, you know, I want to get into uh, if we if we don't have Matt Rudy. Did you see the Royals? Couple of nights ago, I know that the Royals are look. It's going, it's going to be a down year, and you're trying to find anything maybe to uh, give yourself a little bit of hope if you're a fan of that team. I think the Royals got one a, a kid that um, I'm going to hear a lot about. Uh, he's a relief pitcher. He's got a man bun. He's got a 98 mile an hour fastball. I'd never heard of him before uh, until watching the Cubs. What was it Monday night? Uh, he just came in and just uh, just gassed him. Faced three batters, struck uh, struck out every single one of them. Stramont is his name. Do you know anything about him? No, Josh, I had no idea about him either. Young kid, comes in, throws hard. Um, again, if you're a Royals fan, you know a lot, a lot of uh, hope for this year. But you can maybe pick out a couple of guys on that roster, some young talent on that roster that may get you through this uh, and into the future. Speaking of the young uh, talent, what did you think of the youngster on the bump last night for? For the Royals, yeah. Um, look, it didn't. It wasn't his Singer night. Was okay. Yeah, the, the Cubs lineup's pretty darn good. He had um, eight strikeouts. Yeah, no, I know. I'm with you. He I watched it. Pretty good. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, You're excited about he, the future. 2018 for him. I think he was there. Was it 18 or 17? Whatever. He was the same year as Nico Horner. They mentioned it on the broadcast last night. By the way, on the Cubs broadcast, I didn't like. The the uh, Ryan Dempster experiment with the three voices. Right, Mark Grace is better. Yes, Grace has done a lot of games. Too. Well, sure, he was with the he did the uh, Diamondbacks games for years uh, down there. He's um he's a good he's a good addition. I think I I do too. Yeah, I I've always been a big fan of Mark. I'm mean, going back to his playing game. The guy he he brought. Slumpbuster to yeah. the lexicon <laughs> yeah. Yeah. of baseball fans yeah. and people everywhere. Yeah, wouldn't, that wouldn't go over today. No, 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 not at all, not at all. But he was at the forefront of just uh-huh. baseball players, as at least I grew up knowing them. Kind of that goofy kind of just built differently. Well, and you know what? He's not scared to share his opinion too, because they were asking me on Monday night when he broke into the league mm-hmm. what it was like, and he and he said there was one guy on that Cubs team. That welcomed him in, Rick Sutcliffe. He said if it wasn't for Rick Sutcliffe, he might not have made it. Because at the time, back in the, when was he, late 80s, mid 80s, he broke into the league, 85, yeah. 86, 87, somewhere in there. Uh, the veterans weren't, um, weren't real uh, warming, if you will, welcoming uh, to these new kids coming into the, uh, to the clubhouse. And, and uh, for, for him to say that, I thought it was, I mean, a lot of respect for him to say that, but I thought, you know, you just don't hear that very often. Uh, so, yeah, Grace has been a good addition to that team. Your Twins yesterday played uh, early on in the day, Trent, and there were so many sports after that. But, look, the the beat goes on for this team, right? Yeah. They, they are, are so um, talented. Cruz was Cruz again yesterday. Um, what's the weakness? It's the rotation and the health 
the health that is happening. You have three guys now that are on the shelf, and but you get Pittsburgh for the next couple of. Where do they go for the weekend? Royals. Oh my. Yeah, I, <laughs> this schedule that they have, and when you consider what the Brewers are, so it's two more with Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Yeah, Kansas City for three, Milwaukee for three. Oh my. Fourth with Kansas City. Oh, three more with Milwaukee. Three more with Kansas City. That gets you Trent, through. That's August almost 23rd. September. Yeah, August twenty third. That's what they have. A lot with the Royals. A lot with the Brewers. And a couple with the. When Pirates. did they see the? Uh, when did they see the Indians and the White Sox again? They'll see the Indians again right after that, starting Monday, August twenty fourth. Okay. Then they have, remember, all their games with Detroit still on tap. Ten games with the Tigers still in front of them. This team, I joked about, I think I had them at, what, 44 and 16, something like that. Mm -hmm. This schedule? I know. Maybe that's not a stretch. Uh, here's their final couple of weeks of the season. So let's uh, let's get past, out of Labor Day weekend when, when they'll host Detroit for four. Yes. They got a couple in St. Louis. All right. Don't know what the Cardinals are going to be. No. Three with Cleveland. Four with the White Sox. Three with the Cubs as they'll stay in Chicago. Two more with Detroit and then finish against Cincinnati. I don't know. What if did you, you say? 44? 44? Not crazy. I mentioned the other day I had looked at the division odds and they hadn't changed that much. They could. It's, I mean, it, if you're if you're looking to purchase, purchase now. Right. Yeah. Because these numbers are just gonna and the White Sox finally playing well after their rough first week. Maybe that's why the, that number hasn't changed all that much. But still, it was minus one fifty when I looked the other night. I'm gonna see if I can pull it up here again. That they have updated the division odds at DraftKings because at those prices, minus one fifty. Who's catching this team? Mm-mm. Is the Central Division the National League the weakest division in baseball? Yeah, I think so. It's kind of what we talked about before the season. There isn't a great team there, and the Cubs are off to a great start. Mm-hmm. But a whole lot of mediocrity. Well, I saw the they put up on a, a graphic yesterday. The first in, in the history of the team, the best the best start through ten was nine and one. They did it twice. Mm-hmm. But they started at eight and two it's again. Crazy. But you got to keep in mind. Who they're beating, right? Yeah, yeah. But in this season, an eight and two start. Mm-hmm. And this is like. Well, look at you. Go back to when we. It's like starting twenty and five. Yeah, two. What is it? What's the math? Is it two and a half or two and three? Two quarters? point. I think it's two point seven eight, something like that. Got to get off to a good start. Yeah, Gotta get to. off to a good start. You know, the White Sox didn't get off to a good start, and here they come. Right. But again, look what they've been playing. Mm-hmm. That's what you have to do, though. Mm-hmm. Beat up on the bad because the White Sox started who? Twins, Indians. Yeah, Twins and yep. Indians. And now when you're playing the teams that they played, and even including Milwaukee. Oh, I just I, put this pen in my mouth. What am I thinking? Oh, no. Jesus. Oh, that's a terrible decision. Oh. Need to get you some uh, peroxide over there. You can wash your mouth out a little bit. Really, Heather Take some of that disinfectant. Really, Heather usually, well, not usually, periodically she forgets her bottle. And I appreciate those days she does. <laughs> what was I thinking, for God's sakes? It's a different world, isn't it? Yep. I have those moments, too, where doing something and put your hand up by your mouth or something or I don't chew my nails I used to chew my nails a lot mm-hmm. but I still have my fingers in my mouth from time to time and what are you doing you're in public <laughs> shouldn't do that in general but now and now you're putting pens in your mouth over there yeah I, I, I'm with you all right so the PGA have you got any bets are you gonna play anybody in this I thing? will I haven't got too deep into it uh Scott Skip- Sipker he has a PGA championship uh, pool that I always join every year, so I'll jump into that a little bit. I was at least taking my first cursory glance through things. 
I like Tony Finau. I think there's a pretty good price on him. He's so overdue to win a tournament. He is. There's that kind of group of young guns. Xander Shoffley uh-huh. is another one that yeah. I liked. This is a course set up for somebody that is incredibly accurate, and that's Xander Shoffley. So those are a couple of uh, guys that I'm at least looking at, probably going to take them. Another thing that I've loved about golf betting, and this has helped over the last month and a half, has been there's so many different ways that you can bet now than it used to. It used to be as simple as, yeah, you can bet a guy to maybe make the cut mm-hmm. and then to win, and that's it. Right. And now you can bet top fives and top right. tens. Who's going to lead after the first? Who's going to yes. be leading after the first day of the tournament? And another thing head that to I head love bets is Saturday morning, Sunday morning. They do the same thing where you can bet again if a guy's going to finish in the top ten or top twenty. So it's not as simple as you have to have your bets in before Thursday morning when things get started. You can keep going to the well. Yeah. Now, has it been profitable? Of course it hasn't, but has it been fun? Yes, it has. Is there a tiger prop have you seen? Oh, there's, yeah, plenty of those out there. Uh, Let's see what we can find on the PGA. I just had DraftKings over. Minus 177, by the way, is the price now for the Twins to win the division in. Uh, at DraftKings, so that thing so it has went from a buck thirty to a buck fifty and adjusted to a buck seventy seven. Yes, uh, and it's just going to get worse. Yes, it is. All right, lines here. Winner, let's find Tiger. Thirty three to one to win it. Mm-hmm. To finish in the top five plus six fifty, top ten plus three thirty five. Is there uh, not to make the uh, fi- not to make the cut? Let's see here. Uh, make miss cut. Yes, here we go. Yes, he will make the cut minus two twenty five. No, plus one sixty three. Might be playing with that. No, I would take that one. Plus what money do, on that. What will you do viewing wise for this weekend? I mean, it's it's a major championship in golf, right? But but mm. baseball is unbelievable. The hockey is through the roof. You've been dipping into the NBA. <laughs> it's overwhelming. It's not a lot of hours in the day, right? And you have it's you and Scrunch at home, All right? Yeah, I don't have any kids. Yeah, the kids are gone. The kids are out of the house, and you have a little bit more flexibility there. I can't just sit in front of the TV Uh all day and just say, sorry, sports are back. I mean, I put a lot of equity into that bank, Mm -hmm. but still, reality starts to strike a little bit, too. I think golf, especially because it's a West Coast event this year, Mm -hmm. I think that'll play in because you get into the evening. Hang on a second. Sunday night, Cubs cards. Oh, sorry, Cubs cards. If Tiger's in the hunt? Well, if Tiger's in the hunt, sorry, Cubs cards. Yeah. I agree with you. But I don't know if there's anybody else in the field that would make me... No, I don't think so. Cubs cards. and, and Yeah, Cubs cards. What if it's a leaderboard, though, of your boy DJ, mm-hmm. Rory, Kepka? all three of them are in contention. Tiger's not there, but those three are there. Where are you? Where's the TV set Sunday night? <sighs> baseball. It's still baseball. I think so. Wow. Really? I'm loving this season. I am too. Finally get to see the Cardinals. Yeah. When when uh when they've uh they've another day of they passed, right? Yeah. They were given clearance. Now they don't do they play will they play before the weekend? I don't think so. I think that's the start right. of when they're scheduled to get back, if if I read correctly yesterday. Yeah, because they're supposed to be uh with Detroit in town through Thursday. So the first time we'll see the Cardinals in well, at that point, it'll be a week and a half. Jeez. We'll be in the matchup with the Cubs for the Cardinals. Have you found a betting angle on that, by the way, no. teams that are off for, for a week no, and a half? No, I, I tried to fire on the Orioles the other night when the Marlins were off for two yeah, they weeks. got beat. And the Marlins won. Right. And the Orioles were coming off a sweep over Tampa Bay, of all right. things. I was uh, heard somebody mention, it was one of those baseball uh, betting angles that I follow on Twitter. 
is going into the game Sunday, Orioles Rays. Mm-hmm. Rays were not swept all last season. All last season. They the lost Orioles the first haven't game. had a sweep since how many years? Right. Well, this is there's no way this right. is gonna happen. And it's baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball, such a crazy sport. And we talked about the craziness earlier about what the NBA playoffs are going to look like. With these two eight team brackets in MLB, the short series to open it up. Oh, by the way, they are uh seriously considering making some adjustments to postseason bubble. Oh really? Yes, they are thinking. I didn't it, see that. It's just it was, uh, broke this morning. Where did I see it? At the Athletic. Surprise, surprise. Right. Uh, they are at least it's on the table to even if they have to push back the playoff. Look, they're bound. The, the one for whatever it was, September twenty seventh was a drop dead date. That's when they're going to finish the regular season. It had to do with television contract. Mm-hmm. Everything was going to be done by then. So when you go back and you think about all the negotiations that were going on, going to be 70, going to be 75, going to be 60, dot, 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 whatever was going to end on the 27th. But there is apparently a little flexibility. They're considering, Trent, if they make it through the regular season, the last thing you want to do is uh, not make it through the postseason, right? Yeah. Especially if you get the regular season in the books. Um, the Athletics reporting today that there is plans formulating, not a done deal, uh, to put everybody in a bubble. I don't know how you do it. I don't know where you would do it. You would do it, I guess, you would have to go to California, to the L.A. area, right? You'd have to use Angel yeah. Stadium, Dodger Stadium. Petco, maybe, down in San Diego, do something like that. The Arizona part, though, when they were first initially talking about this bubble months and months ago, is they were talking about not just playing all the games at the Diamondbacks. No, spring training sites. And you're doing it in Arizona in the middle of the summer. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about the fall here. Right. We're talking September. You know what, there's the answer, Trent. I bet it's Arizona. It would be the likely destination. Late late Uh September, early October, you can pull that off. But you're playing games at noon? In the heat, in the minor league stadium in Arizona, no. when it's 115 degrees, no thing. But it's no a dry way. heat, Trent. Come on now, it's, <laughs> it's a, dry a dry heat. heat. Yeah, that, that's that, that's why it wasn't tenable to do that. When you're talking about playoffs, I think it makes a whole lot more that's sense. That's the answer. To pull off. You're 100 percent right. If they do it, it would be um, it would be Arizona. So we'll see. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, and I think they're being proactive, not reactive. If you make it through the regular season, you want to crown your champion. We will talk to Mitch Holtis next. Uh, he joins us each and every day throughout training camp at 10:50. We'll talk Chiefs, the Honey Badger, Tyrone Matthew, going to be a part of it. Yes, love Honey Badger. Boy, what a great pickup he was last yes. year for that team. You know the defense is. Um, Look, it's Patrick Mahomes, right? Yeah, yeah. So he's kind of guy. He's going to dominate everything when you talk about that, Chiefs. But that defense was had a significant, uh, a huge role uh, in getting them over the. From hump. where we were a year ago at this time, talking about that defense and the great concerns that felt like they were there, and they turned out to be adequate, yeah, above average. And when, the playoffs, they were better. Oh, yeah. I mean, after doubt. after they give up those leads and it was time to lock everybody down, they were able to do that. We'll talk to Mitch Holtis next. David Kaplan joins us at 11.05. Good talk Minnesota sports, Minneapolis sports. Uh, we're going to do John Shipley from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Covers the Twins, the Vikings. Got to go for The Gophers, too, yes. right? He does a lot with the Gophers, does too. He? he does it all up there with the Pioneer Press. And, and the Wild are now 1-1 as they fell last one, night. 4-3 yeah. was the fight. Yeah, 4-3 was yeah, the fight. Yeah, came back. And uh, the young guy who, he was chippy all throughout the game. He was hollering. He was getting slashed. and For the Wild? Yeah, scored a couple of goals oh, later. Oh, Fiala. Yeah. yeah. He, he came uh, over from the, I think, the Preds. Is that where he was? I think so. I like the guy. This, this is my first oh, extended time watching him. Yeah. He talks. He jaws. Does he? He hollers. 
<laughs> he had a couple of different times his teammates were pulling him away as he was getting into with people. Yeah, he's a little bit of a red ass. Like to see those guys on the ice. He's a hockey player. Uh, we will talk to Mitch Holtis when Trent and I come back. It's Miller and Condon. We're here until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO and one rubbing dot net. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. Papa John's, Tom Donaldson Company. Uh, present Mitch Holtis. He's the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. He joins us in his normal spot throughout training camp. Mitch Trenton, Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you, Mitch Holtis? Well, swinging away. One step closer. We're going to do a live stream tomorrow uh, from the stadium, so I'll at least be closer to the action. But, uh, you know, we live in the virtual world and doing that today, keeping up to date with these guys. But uh, we're getting closer, man. So let's just keep rolling and everybody wear a mask and do your part. Here, here. In terms of what you have, in terms of getting close to the players, what parameters are in place for you? I, I'm sure well, we heard Patrick Mahomes. We're going to hear from Honey Badger. It's a lot about those Zoom teleconferences, but can you be on the field at all? How close to the action are you going to be able to get here during training camp? I will be on the field tomorrow. It's just a, um, a matter of actually not till Sunday. But I can be a little closer tomorrow, but not as close as I'll be on Sunday, uh, just because of our 65 TPT status. Uh, but it's still very much distance trend. It's it's as I told you on Monday, Rick Burkholder, had, they they put together a biosphere, and I'm allowed to enter the biosphere, but on the outer edges. But it's uh, very very highly regulated. I won't be super close to the players. It's not like I'm going to walk up to Mahomes and go, hey, man, how's it going? Uh, But I will be there and and be distanced, but be able to observe. And again, Thursday will be our first live stream from camp uh, on the Chiefs YouTube channel, but um, that won't be till practice is over and in the afternoon. Uh, Honey Badger, in a minute, Mitch. Uh, we talked a bit briefly about. It. I'm sure we'll, uh, Laurent Duvernay Tardif will come up again. An incredible story. Sure. But uh, Calicio Semeli, of course, at Iowa State, and he he was. I mean, he has he's had his moments in the NFL. He's been terrific uh, at, in spurts. He comes in now uh, after it didn't work out with the Jets, but Ko plugged in at right tackle or right guard rather. I think Mitchell Schwartz is the most underrated right tackle in football. Football, by the way, uh, but so he's yeah. beside he's beside Schwartz. Osemele, what do they expect out of Ko? Uh, they're hoping the shoulders healthy. He only played three games last year with the Jets. I've loved Ko's game ever since Iowa State, and to watch him from an opponent standpoint when I prep for games, I look at every player, and I've Kletcher Osemele to me has been one of the more consistent players in the league. When he was with Marshall Yanda mm-hmm. uh, with the Ravens, I mean, they had it going on. And then to be a two-time Pro Bowler with the Raiders, uh, he was the mainstay on that offensive line. So when the Chiefs were able to pick him up, I was thrilled. Now, is he healthy enough? I had a one-on-one chat with him yesterday. He was in front of the media, but then I got to drill down deeper. He'll be the Defending the Kingdom focus on our podcast that we hopefully will put up tomorrow. Uh, that begins on the Chiefs YouTube page. You can go to Spotify and Apple and all the other places to find it. And I'm not just cross-promoting to say, hey, go there. and But listen to this interview. 
people, I was so impressed with him. Ken, I didn't know him. I've watched him from afar, but now I had a chance to sit down with him virtually and have a chat. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy, if healthy, could be what Stefan Wisniewski was to the Chiefs last year. And that you're getting way more from him than just being a technician at an offensive line position. If he kneels down left guard, then you've got a five-way battle to fight for right guard to replace the Canadian okay. doctor. Yep. And there's a chance you could be better on the offensive yeah. line than last year. So he'll play left guard, not right then. I got you. Okay. 82 of his starts have been at left guard. Right. Now, he, that's where he wants to be. Um, but he's played a little right tackle. In fact, that, that whole rookie year with the Ravens, up until the playoffs, he was the starting right tackle. But when the Ravens got into the playoffs, whatever reason, they used Michael Orr, the blindside famous yeah, guy. Yeah. He went to right tackle. Assembly went to left guard, and he stayed there ever since. <laughs> so he would be, if he wins the job, at left guard, and then there's a whole bunch of candidates at right guard. Talking right now with Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs, in our daily conversations throughout training camp on Miller and Condon. All right, Mitch, uh, talk about the defense and – what a transformation they were able to make throughout last season from what we thought they were going to be before the year to what they turned out in the end. And a big part of that was Tyron Matthew, a guy that has now played three consecutive seasons of 16 games. There were injury concerns early in his career, but when he is out there, he's as impactful as anybody on the defensive side in football. Trent, let me set this up. Now give Ken Miller's Broncos credits. credit. When they won in 2015, we know they won by defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, Peyton Manning was a, yeah, way to go, but that right. defense was incredible. All right, the Chiefs have the NFL's best offense. That's arguable, but the Chiefs are going to win most of those arguments. When Tyron Matthew came to town, the Chiefs hit the jackpot with this guy. Again, a guy that emanates throughout the entire defense. The second half of the season, here's your stat of the morning. The second half of the season, last eight regular season games, the Chiefs were second in the NFL trend in points allowed. Wow. Second. Only allowing 127 points. The only team better? The Ravens at 126. That gives you an indication there would be no Super Bowl championship without four incredible defensive stops in a row. There would be no AFC championship without a huge three and out, a defensive stop in the second quarter that swung that game. And there wouldn't be an AFC championship appearance had there not been key stops in that miracle comeback against Houston. The defense has been underrated in this whole story. But for Tyron Matthew, he thinks that they're building their own reputation defensively. You know, we know we have a high-powered offense, but I think it's all about building your own brand, building your own identity. As a defense, I think it's, you know, my responsibility, especially kind of keep everybody reminded of our goals, you know, and make sure everybody have personal goals as well. I think, you know, we won't get too far um, if guys aren't setting their own expectations. It can't just be mines or, you know, uh, Spags or Andy Reid or whomever it may be. And he's, there's just so much energy with him, and he's, he's a playmaker, and he studies. Ken and Trent, he studies. This guy deeped Derek Carr into an interception because he knew Derek Carr's present progressions on that route. And he gave Derek Carr a split-second look of like, ooh, this is the coverage I'm giving you, and then I know where you're going next because I've studied your progressions mm-hmm. on, out of that formation. That's, his, that's how in-depth the Honey Badger is and the way he preps. Uh, they're solid back there, no doubt about it. He's been a big, big piece of it. We didn't have a lot of time to talk about uh, Papa John's yesterday, so I want to talk about the Chacaroni. I did not know. I thought they named it after him. He came up with this idea, Mitch. This is his pizza, not only in name. This was his idea. 
if it's his idea, it might be the best thing Shaq has done, other than shatter a few black uh, backboards. But this Shaqaroni, uh, Tom and Matt Donaldson have gone in all the Papa John's locations. My favorite one at Ankeny, by the way, uh, location by the old Ankeny High School, right across uh, the but street. Shaqaroni, extra large, just twelve dollars. But here's what's and here's where the Donaldsons are awesome. One dollar from every Shaqaroni. Uh, sold is going to the Papa John's Foundation for Building Community. Plus, later on, we're going to be talking about what they're doing for JDRF in the Des Moines area. And so that's the way they roll. That's why I love being together with them shoulder to shoulder. And now we just have Shaq on our team, too. Good stuff. Mitch Holtis, we will speak with you tomorrow. Thank you. Thanks, man. Good to talk to you. Mitch Holtis, the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs. Papa John's presents Mitch on a daily basis and then weekly during the regular season. Calicio Semele, good pickup for the defending champs. Indeed it is. Uh, We will come back. David Kaplan kicks off our number two. It's Miller and Condon. We're with you until noon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.